bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. Now, remember that at this time, the people haven't met God. The only one who has met God is Moses. Remember, he met God in Exodus chapter 3, when he saw the burning bush. And God said to him, go and tell the people. And Moses says, when I go, and they say, who, who are you? What should I say? He says, tell them, I am that I am. Who, who, who are you? I am that I am. You are what? I am what I am. Tell them I'm, I'm the one who was with Abraham. And I'm the one who was with, with Isaac and with Jacob. Tell them I'm the one who showed, who signed a covenant with Abraham. I am the one. So Moses does that. And all this time the people don't know who I am, who I am is. They haven't met him before. They don't know how he looks like. But they like what he does. Because I am who I am is powerful. And he's vanquishing Pharaoh and smashing Pharaoh. And they're just cheering, I am who I am. Yeah, go I am, go I am. We love you, I am. Hey, I am. So they are so excited about I am who I am. But they don't know him. They haven't seen him. And this I am who I am calls Moses and says, Listen, Moses, go and tell the people all that I've done in the past few months, this is the reason why I did it. I want them for myself. I'm going to get into covenant with them, and I'm going to make them a special treasure, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Tell them, whether, ask them whether they like it. The people say, yeah, we like it. Who doesn't like that? So now Moses has to come and introduce the people to God. This is their first introduction to God. I want you to follow this very carefully. This is the first time. Moses, he has met God in the burning bush, but these people, they just heard his name, but they don't know him. So God says, bring the people for a formal introduction. So now let's see how Israel is introduced to God. So chapter 19, verse 10 to 13 and then we'll jump to verse 16 onwards. I want you to watch this carefully. This is the introduction of Israel to God. Abraham has been introduced to God. Isaac met God. Jacob met God. Moses has seen God. These people haven't. So this is God introducing himself to a people he calls my people. Listen to that. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. And let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. You shall set bounds for the people all around, saying, Take heed to yourselves that you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. Not a hand shall touch him, but he shall surely be stoned or shot with an arrow. Whether man or beast, he shall not live. When the trumpets sound long, they shall come near the mountain. Now, this doesn't sound very interesting. I mean, you're going to meet your God for the first time, and the rules have started. You know, it's like bringing a troublesome son home, 
and you tell him, hey, don't touch that flower vase, don't touch that, don't touch that, and be, uh, wash your feet before you come in. So strict instructions. You're coming in to see me, the first, last time you were here, you messed up everything, and you gave serpent, the devil, power over my creation. This time I'm bringing you in, this is how you are coming. This is how you're coming. So then jump to chapter 19, verse 16. I like this. 19, 16 to 21. Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain. The sound of the trumpet was very loud so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord had descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him by voice. Then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain. Moses, the Lord called to Moses to the top of the mountain. And Moses went up and the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to gaze at the Lord and many of them perish. This first introduction. God says, I need to meet the people. Let them come and meet me. And so let's look at how God's presence looked like. There are four important things I want you to take note of. First, there is power. There is a massive display of power. Thunder and lightning. It showed the awesomeness of God. In the Hebrew language, the word lightning and thunder here are in the plural. When you translate them into English, it doesn't make much sense. So when you look at your Bible, it says thunderings and lightnings. It just means a continuous thunder and continuous lightning. And it's just going on. Continuous. It's not ending. Thunderings and lightning. That's the presence of God. Power. The second thing that is happening is the glory of God is being manifested in, all, in this awesome display of power. There is fire and smoke. This is a revelation of how glorious God is. In the midst of a violent thunder, God's glory appears on the mountain like fire, and the smoke begins to go up. So you have thunder, you have lightning, you have that fire out there, and the smoke is going up, and then you see mystery. God's presence is a mystery. There's a thick cloud that simply shows that God cannot be seen. He's a mystery. The mountain itself cannot be seen because it's covered in a thick darkness, in thick cloud. There's fire there. The fire penetrates through the cloud so you can see the fire. There's smoke ascending to heaven. There's thunder and there's lightning. And their mountain is quaking, shaking. That talks about God's judgment. It shows that in the presence of God, anything can be moved. In the midst of all that is going on, there is a blast, long blast of the horn. The thunder, the lightning, the fire, the earth is shaking. I don't know about you, but this is not the kind of father you want to meet the first day. I mean, this is not the I am that you've been cheering. Hey, I am. Thank you for delivering me. And he says, come and meet me. 
And this, now, God is doing all of this deliberately. He's doing it deliberately because he's bringing in a people into relationship with him. The last time they were at the, at the house, they left and threw chaos. He's saying, if you're coming this time, listen, it's serious business here. And while all this is going on, the leaders of Israel are going around the camp and say, everybody be careful, don't touch the mountain. Everybody be careful, don't touch the mountain. The people are there. And they're seeing this display of God. I'm sure some of them are beginning to regret. What kind of God is this? Is he going to kill us? It's no wonder if you read further, the first thing these people did after this, when Moses went up the mountain to receive the, mount, the law in written form, the first after this, they said to Aaron, we need to go back. We need to go back. This thing is worse than what we came out of. Get us a new God, make us a golden calf, back to Egypt. Because this introduction of God is not exciting. But remember, it's not a father receiving his son home. It's a father receiving a servant who has a history of mischief. And he's warning him, I'm bringing you in, but don't touch the wrong things. And don't come and mess up my plans. Because if you do, you are in big trouble. You did it the first time. I'm going to redeem you. Don't come and mess up anything here. It's a very fearful and terrifying view of God. That is why the Jews' vision, image, picture of God was very severe. They serve a remote God. A God who everybody was afraid of. No wonder when Jesus came and said, uh, he's my father. They say, he's your what? <laughs> he's your what? He's your father? Nobody can be there and be alive. You can't say he's your father. That guy is terrible. Because that was their introduction of him. He's bringing the servants home. I want you to look at the two main reactions of the people because it will form the basis of worship after them. The first reaction is terror. The Bible says the people who were in the camp trembled, verse 16. And the second reaction is nervousness and distance. They stood at the foot of the mountain afar off. They didn't want to get close to God. They wanted to give God distance. Just be there. Don't come too close, Lord. We love you, but don't come too close. And we don't want to come too close to you. Then after that, go to chapter 20. Now, they're going to hear God speak. After all this awesome display, Genesis, uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. <laughs> now I want you to really imagine what is going on. 
I mean, they see all this and this stern voice is speaking to them. Don't have any other God before me. Don't make any graven image. Don't take my name in vain. Don't swear in my name. Honor your father and your mother. Remember your, the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Don't steal, don't kill, don't commit adultery, don't be jealous. By the time he hits the 10th commandment. Now listen, look at what happened. By the time he has said 10 of the covenant of, of the commandments, verse 18 to 21. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear. But let not God speak with us lest we die. <laughs> and Moses said to the people, do not fear, for God has come to test you, that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. He doesn't want you to come and disturb things in his house. So the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near to the thick cloudness where God was. So this is where, you remember God says, I want you to be a kingdom of priests. I want to talk to all of you at the same time. I want to relate to each one of you directly. After they heard the first 10 commandments, they came to a national consensus. This is not in our interest. So they said, Moses, you brought this guy. You know him better. So you, you talk to him. Go to the mountain <laughs> and talk to him. And, uh, and we, we will be here. <laughs> and whatever he tells you, you come and tell us and we'll be fine. <laughs> Moses says, don't, don't worry, don't worry. I know him. He's, he's a good guy. You are seeing another side of him, but there is also another side. He's, he's a supplier. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a provider. You just stick around for a while and you will see the other side of him. They said, no, we don't want to see any side. You go and talk to him. That is why when Moses went up, Moses went, he came. But the second time he went up, he delayed 40 days. And they said, he's dead. Ayam has killed him. He's dead. Aaron, we're going back. <laughs> All right. Now, so from the 10th commandment, they didn't hear God again. God now had to speak to them through intermediaries. So they didn't become a kingdom of priests. There always had to be somebody who hears from God and comes to tell them, and then they tell the person and he talks to God. They lost that direct access to God because they were terrified by his presence. But as I said in part one, God has different sides. He has his terror side, but he's good and his mercies endure forever. Amen. If they had just stayed, they would have known that God is a good God. All you need to do is fall on his good side. All right. So now, God, Moses goes up and now God wants to establish a covenant with them. This God who has shown himself. So go to chapter 24, verse 1 to 8. This is what we normally call the Old Testament or the Old Covenant or the law. This is the first covenant. It was with Abraham. Now God is having a covenant with these people. Direct covenant. 
It's not the same as he had with Abraham. This is a different one. So in Exodus chapter 24, verse 1 to 8, And he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord. So you see how even in the worship, Moses goes further. Even the priest, they don't go that far. Nor shall the people go up with him. So Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord has said we will do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord. And he rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. Then he sent young men of the children of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half the, of the blood and put it in the basins and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient. And Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you according to all these words. So, now there's a covenant. But remember, they didn't hear the covenant themselves. Because they were afraid to go there and listen. Moses wrote the covenant and read it in their hearing. But so they didn't hear the covenant in the voice of God. They heard it in the voice of Moses. That makes a big difference. And they said, for me, the way I interpret it, they're saying, Moses read it and they said, whatever. Whatever it is, we will do. We will do. Before Moses finishes reading, all that the Lord has said, we will do. It's okay. It's fine. We'll do it. It doesn't matter. We are all right. I don't sense any conviction there. It's just as if the people just say, let's get over with this phase of our lives. You know, I mean, this thing is getting too, too, too troublesome. All that the Lord has said, we will do. So Moses killed the oxen, he took their blood, sprinkled it on the covenant, and sprinkled it on the people. From that time, the people were bound to honor everything that is written in the book of the law. And if they didn't, there were curses going to follow them. Now, if you make a covenant half-heartedly, and it has curses in it, your future will not be very bright. 